This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. You shouldn't settle for just any old pair of leggings. You deserve something better, something designed with you in mind, like the new Inspire Leggings by Kalia, their most versatile collection yet, made for any workout. They're lightweight, buttery soft, breathable, and made with lycra adaptive fiber, which molds to your body for a barely there supportive fit. It's perfect for wherever your wellness routine takes you. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Lovers of plants and flowers are used to seeing beautiful gardens on TV and on social media. But what's it like to see and experience a place for real? To see and smell flowers, to feel grass under your feet and hear birds singing in the trees. Hello, I'm Kevin, and today Gardener's World presenter and magazine contributor Adam Frost has invited me to his garden. We're going to have a chat and a tour, and hopefully you'll get a sense of how beautiful and special this place is. We're starting in the veg garden. Adam, thanks for having me. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm all right. That was yeah. a very beautiful introduction, my friend. Well, it's a very beautiful garden. It feels like it deserves it. <laughs> but I, I, I just think people should know that actually, in reality, I didn't invite you. You invited yourself. <laughs> As, as you normally do. As, as is my prerogative, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look, we are, we're in the veg garden. Um, describe to me what we're looking at. Tell me about this place. Um, what I'm sensing mostly is that this is really about being able to grow veg in small spaces to some extent. It is, mate, but it was always, um, I suppose you could describe me as a little sad if people ask me what one of my hobbies is, I would say growing veg. Um, even though, you know, me growing veg goes back to nans and granddads. Um, it's always been one of those things that I've loved experimenting with. So when we moved in here, um, this was a mini walled area that was ultimately, I don't know, it was about four foot in stinging nettles and brambles. And um, I think Lucy's got a picture of me stood in yeah, the middle she has, of it. Absolutely, I remember. It was literally, you know, it doesn't even slightly resemble anything that it does today. Yeah, and I suppose because I talk to a lot of people about normally when you're designing, creating, you know, moving somewhere, understand it for 12 months, um, this was one area where I didn't necessarily need to understand it for 12 months. So I could work out, you know, how the sun moved through the space quite quickly, where the main sort of wind directions were coming from. And then the whole thing's been designed around that but yeah you're right it it was to demonstrate small spaces but also if you had a little bit more because we've obviously got the school and it was it was to demonstrate i don't know we're looking at those core 10 planters in front of us for me that could be a roof garden in the middle of london you know they're little steel planters they're only 80 centimeters by 80 centimeters and if you look at them all planted now it's quite mind-blowing isn't it how much you could actually grow in a small space. Completely. I mean, what have we, what we, what we got here? What different crops? I can see beans and some, some onions. So it looks like there's some squash and stuff going in there. And as you say, all in a really small space. Yeah, we've got a rocket, we've got a carrots, we've got ochre in there, which is um, lovely little sort of um, tuber um, that, that comes later on in the year. And a constant sort of change of salads. There's coriander in there as well. And um, yeah, and as you know, what we get out of that little area itself over the season... He's incredible. I mean, I'm guessing as well that you use this stuff. You use the stuff you're picking yeah. and... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was going to be anything else, um, I'd have probably have ended up being a chef. Um, I love cooking. 
um, probably more more in the winter um, than the summer, just on a on a time basis. But but yeah, I mean at the moment there's lots of fresh salad being used in the kitchen. Um, strawberries are coming online, so people are picking that. Um, we're just starting to lift the potatoes. We've had a good feed off the asparagus, and you can see actually, interestingly, the the family uh, interact with this space more than any other part of the garden. Really? Yeah. Um, even the kids will come out here and, I mean, Lil, Amber Lil, so Amber Lily, um, 16, she walked out here yesterday afternoon and we were doing some photographs or something. Dad, where's the salad? Point her in the right direction. You can tell Lil's been out here because she's not covered it back up afterwards, mate. <laughs> but, but she was straight out here and, and, and picking it and then asking me the question, so what exactly is in this mix? And you know that that's something that she'll carry with her. Yeah. Um, now... We can see just to to our right, there's uh, a greenhouse. It's a very lovely yep. greenhouse, but it's not a massive, great big greenhouse. You know, I could imagine this in any domestic garden. I mean, what do you use this for and how important is it to, to the garden as a whole? And I guess the veg garden. Yeah, I mean, mostly for propagation. So um, a lot of the early seeds, um, any cuttings that I take out of the garden, um, and then it will have a good stock of tomatoes. It's looking a little bit bare at the moment, mate, because I have been ravaged by um, <laughs> slugs and snails um, and even to the point it's, it's a greenhouse that the windows open themselves look by heat yeah at the moment i'm blocked up everywhere else the snails can get in but of course that opens by itself so i'm coming out in the morning and there's surely there's they're not snow. getting in the Seriously, roof up there are they mate, they've gone up the windows and they're going in the roof there's lines <laughs> going up the windows and um so i've had to take a lot of stuff out and i'm trying to deal with that but that's I think as well, for me, that's veg gardening. Yeah. Um, everything you grow, um, especially if you're going to be organic about it, you just got to accept the fact that you're going to share quite a bit of it. Well, I guess people as well are going to be pleased to hear that uh, even slugs are causing you hassle. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not yeah. just them. So, I mean, every, you know, good you know, to hear. I, get, I mean, everything's netted because I don't obviously spray anything um, or put anything, you know, on um, to help protect i i net stuff over so we've got loads of pigeons that come in and and try and sort of you know have a feed but but I, that's just part of it i think it's just get on with it really cool well so shall we move on should we go and have a look at uh, at the gravel garden yeah why not mate Let's why do not it. why not ash has joined us so he could possibly as he coming he might even come with us mate it's interesting i'm doing the, the program a couple of weeks ago and um in reality um People are more interested in that cat, mate. They are. <laughs> Don't blame them, to be fair. Oh, but, do you know um, what? They cats, dogs, the whole lot. Everyone, everyone at uh, at the magazine loves the pets. Yeah, he's um, it's amazing though, isn't it? I mean, he's sort of. What's great about him is he just arrived what two years ago, and from the moment a camera rocked up, he just seemed to have this natural ability and understanding that he had a part to play. Um, you know, and he sort of comes out, does his bit, and then disappears again. Okay, so we're just going through a really lovely, lovely arch. And you've not been for a bit, so I there you go. I have not been here Hopefully. Since, uh, since really early spring, and it was really cold when I was here. And my goodness, this city is looking amazing. Absolutely incredible. I mean, just tell us what we're looking at now. Look, what, you know, what flowers are we seeing? It's just... Yeah, it's come alive, hasn't it? Um, we sit down if you want. Let's have a, have a moment. Because actually that's part of what this is all about. The idea is is a little seating area out the front of the house, um, which is a gravel garden. So if I go back to moving in, all there was is obviously we've now got the wisteria, which was half the reason I moved in here. Um, then there was just a gravel path. So I wanted to create an area that was obviously south facing front of the house, but somewhere that felt comfortable um, because when the sun does come in here, it bakes. Um, so now we're sat, we are absolutely wrapped in planting. And that's what it was about. But it was also about changing your eye level so that now, as you look around, your eyes at flower level. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I'm doing exactly as you say. I'm looking around and I've got beautiful poppies to my right. There's lovely grasses at my feet. There's foliage that's that... Lime balm. Smells yeah. absolutely amazing. So it's a little bit of ginger rosemary in here. Killias are coming alive. Um, the stipea um, is, is sort of starting to do its thing. And there's a lovely rhythm that goes all the way through the area of the oryngium, the argifolium, look, which is behind you. But if you look back that... And the whole idea of this is it, it just it links and then the whole thing 
he's just given some freedom, i.e. the valerium and the poppies are, are left to do their thing and I just pull them out where I don't want them. But It's, it's brilliant. It's just a real, yeah. real explosion. I mean, let's just for a second have a talk about the wisteria. You mentioned it and... Uh, you know, I'm not entirely sure I've ever seen one that is so big. <laughs> it is just incredible. And I mean, what's your your advice for anyone that wants to grow wisteria? I know it's something that don't people s- love, but but do have oh, a bit of trouble with sometimes. Yeah, don't take on a responsibility of one that old. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like a responsibility. I'll let you into a little secret. Mrs. Frost found this place to come and live, all right, because we needed some offices and we needed something else. And she reckoned that actually if we put everything in a pot, we could afford to come here and live. I'm still convinced that she wasn't <laughs> right. But um, she bought me on a couple of occasions. Um, and the third time she bought me, um, the wisteria was doing its thing. And that's what sort of, for me, went, uh, right, yeah. And it's incredible. So as far as looking after it, it's the old seven and two, um, which, again, is funny, isn't it? Things that people, I get seven and two shouted at me at the street, mate. Seven and two, Frosty, <laughs> seven and two, which is good. Um, and, and again, it's an old thing. So actually, in, you know, in the seventh month, we count back to, to seven, seven sort of, um, you know, seven leaf buds in a sense, and then in, in the second month you take it back to um, to two, um, and it's it's that simple. Does it have to be two, three, four, or does it have to be seven, eight, five? Doesn't really matter. But it's just a lovely way of remembering what yeah. to do. And all you're doing really in in the in the summer months, you're letting the light in, you're letting the air in, you're letting it form decent buds, and then in in the winter you can do any sort of remedial pruning as well. Well, yeah. we've got we've got pictures of it looking at its best at the magazine, and it is it is spectacular. So, you know, I'm not surprised that Mrs. Frost managed to win you over yeah, with, <laughs> with that. I'm really yeah. not. No, bless her. And and I suppose that air, the area itself, you know, there's a rhythm of of trees that are now really starting to come through. Um, so there's some cornice in here, um, Lagostromia, um, and some. Amalankia, I'm just trying to work off the top of my head. And then they create a, like a rhythm through, but they also try and bring the sort of height of the house down into the garden. Yeah. And then the shrubs go through. So here I have got some clipped buxus because at the moment, unlike you, we're lucky enough not to, he says, touching wood. Um, we haven't got too many problems up this part of the country with, with buxus. Um, and, and other shrubs work through. And then the herbaceous plants go through after that. I mean, how about um, watering it? I mean, I, you know, we've... Uh, um, I don't. Um, I, so when it was prepped, um, this area, bear in mind, you know, we're on the east of the side of the country. It's, it's this one of the higher parts of the garden, um, south facing, um, protected from most of the sort of northeast winds, um, even from the, the southwest is really so quite sheltered. Um, but the gravel, um, all the soil was prepped, decent amount of organic matter. Um, actually, it was well-rotted horse manure. I dug a little bit of gravel in at the first time, um, then planted, um, then let that first ping of weeds come up um, and then make sure I've got nothing sort of pernicious, i.e., you know, the nasty weeds. Um, and then the gravels you literally just laid over the top, so there's no membrane or anything. Um, and then watering, probably the first season. Yep. Um, it had, and there's one little area behind me that just as you go underneath these yew trees here, that I probably have to just keep an eye on. Apart from that, the rest of it just has to get on with it. And I can see little things seeding all over the yeah. place, you know, so it's got a real uh, relaxed, lovely feel to it. It's just a really lovely place to be. It's, it's great. I, I love well, it. Which is never going to be everybody's cup of tea, but for me, I like that sort of freedom. That that you you do with the sort of the biennials and the and the annuals and you know the things that will self seed. Some people walk in and go, Frosty, you've gone mad. Why, why have you just let stuff? But I but I love that and I love if something pops up somewhere and it's germinated itself. It always seems to look happy. Well, it's where it wants to be, isn't it? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's always going to do much better than something that you've planted. So, yeah. no, it's great. It's great. And actually, so I've extended it, mate. You haven't seen this, have you? Have you? Come on. Let's have a look. Come on. See what we've done. Then we can see what you think. Um, and I think in reality as well, mate, this, this garden, for me, I suppose I probably always wanted a big garden right from being a kid. But it was always a garden that I was going to experiment in and, and just play in. Uh, and 
you know, I make fair, I make loads of mistakes in this garden, but it was, it's always about, I don't know, how will we garden in the next 10 years, next 20 years, next 30 years, and, and what will we have to plant, what will survive, what won't survive, and, and that's what this is really all about, really. Wow, this is incredible, but you're right. You need right. to walk up to that seating area. I have not can... seen this. I have not. It's lovely. So now we're in uh, a completely different area. It's kind of got, you know, it's where the, the circular terraces that we've seen on, on TV. I can see a fire pit. What a nice, nice place. This is great. This is the area, mate, that I closed Gardener's World cooking mackerel and drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> which is how every Gardener's World should be closed, I think. So we're um, taking another seat, yeah. which is which is great. Loads and loads of fantastic places to sit around, which is another lovely well, thing. But sorry, mate, go on. No, no, I was like, this is an entirely new view. I've never seen this before. What what are we looking at here? Well, now you sort of you come up from that first part that you know as that gravel garden, and and this is now the west side of of the sort of house really. So afternoon and evening sun is incredible in here, and we just had it as a as a lawn area, and you could. You know, the kids used to be up here. There's a little area down there that we that we sit and enjoy. Um, and we'd end up with, you know, some beanbags kicked out on this lawn. And I just wanted more from it. And what's lovely from here is you can see the village church. Certainly can. And it was the first thing that, that Mrs. Frost loved as she walked around the part of the garden. She went, look, you can see the church. And I think... So that was sort of driving this idea. And then it was how you link the other spaces together. And so what it's got now is where we can come and sit, but we can cook. But what's nice, because it's slightly higher, you then get views back into that part of the garden. But if you now turn around, you can see how I'm going to extend into that area. So this becomes like a, a pivot point, really, I suppose. So you get this idea of looking into a wilder area, but you're still in a, in a in a gravel garden and and again I suppose it's just it's trying to merge you from from one atmosphere to a to another atmosphere really is what it's trying to do. I mean tell me about the plants that we've got here. I can see you know it's quite newly planted and I can uh but I can see where you're going with it. So what, what Yeah, are we so at? I mean shrub wise if you're looking at things well if you start tree wise I've got things like Cercidophyllum, um the candy floss tree in here. Um there's also a, a cornus controversa um, that sort of in, I suppose, sets sort of a bit of a tone. Then shrubs-wise, um, we've got things like um, bottle brush, so calisthenum, which, again, you think about, right, if I would have been up here as a 16-year-old, I probably wouldn't have planted that. I was going to say, any problems with, you know, temperature? No, and... nothing at all. And I think, you know, it's dry, so it doesn't have a wet winter. But I can remember being at college um, in Devon as a 16-year-old and, and a tutor telling me they had one grow back against the wall um, in in South Devon and saying to me, you know, that's the only way you could keep it alive. You fast forward, all right, very fast forward for a few years <laughs> later um, and look at it. it. It's happy and it's growing. It's growing incredibly well, you know. Um, so so that sort of, you've got slightly more um, Mullenbeckia is another plant, um, great sort of winter interest. So you've got slightly more unusual shrubs in the area and then you get down to that herbaceous level and there's some things that are already in the gravel area but there's some youth i've done some sort of different sort of irises up here um different sort of geraniums um euphorbias i've had a bit of fun but if we go back to the shrubs with a japanese wineberry i've put one of those on the edge look so it can it can grow and maybe go into the sort of wilder area um and then the grasses pop up again and and then there's little oddities um there's a slightly different dianthus that's in here there's a slightly different um gladioli that's in here so it's then the little jewels and the and the little elements of surprise and the things that I I suppose I get from mates, you know, at shows yeah. or nurseries and just things that maybe will just catch your eye or hold your attention. And you've got all these little pathways that you can move around and yeah, and just sort of and be in it, if it, that makes sense. It's great. And the you know, the silvers, the blues, the pinks, it's just a really nice collection of colours too. And I think, you know, as we're taking a seat here, we're all using our gardens more and more to actually be in and relax in and spend time in you know they've become so important haven't they and I think where we're sitting now is a great example of how a garden's a really nice place to be not just look at. I, I hope that if one thing comes out of the last you know 18 months or so you know a lot of people when you talk to people about you know being in their garden taking a moment a lot of people come back with that classic line I haven't got time to I always see a job I, you know I, I need to be weeding I need to be this I need to be that actually no you don't 
You know, just take a moment. And I think you'll find all the way around the garden there, what I try and do is even if it's a single seat, you know, it might be a log. It might be sometimes, you know, I might have an upturned bucket in a border, but it's just something to stop and change your eye level. The moment you sit down, you engage slightly differently um, and take those moments because I think they're not moments just to enjoy the garden, but they're moments just to stop and think about what you're happy with, what you're not happy with and and how maybe you might change the garden over a period of time. But Yeah, cool. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. Now... So, I can't take my eyes off the roses <laughs> yeah. that are over there. Can we go and have a look at those uh, and have a chat about those? Because I recall that, that those rose swags and ropes were one of the very first things that you did when you got here, weren't they? Yeah, they so, were, mate. I, I literally inherited a sort of a, a falling down series of posts, really, that, that I don't even know if they were joined. I think they were joined by pieces of wood, but they were all over the shop. Some of the roses were were you know past the sell by date but we kept a couple and then what we've done is we slowly added to it and i suppose that's a good thing to talk about because if we go over and have a look mate you can you know people worry don't they about planting um planting roses where you've already had roses um so right, let's get you so <laughs> so i tell everybody we're actually we're connected to each other by these leads aren't we which is we are and it's all good fun trying to walk around yeah. a garden with a recorder and some leads but we're doing it it's all right we're doing it and just while you're up there mate, so you can see that area that sits up above the gravel garden that was probably overgrown last time you were here yeah um is now um i'm going to put paul in up there um and there's a little sort of Did area you say paul yeah what, 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 not a, a nice wildlife pool. No, not a swimming pool. <laughs> I was going to say, surely, no, I thought Mrs. Bruston not, not <laughs> suggested pool. something else. No, 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 not at all. No, a wildlife pool. <laughs> okay, I got um, you. I'd fill a swimming pool up with wildlife, I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you think, yeah, I'd have to go away for a few months for that to happen, wouldn't I? Um, but yeah, I, yeah, the rose arch, because, I mean, again, people worry about planting roses. So what I did was I put all the posts in, um, then where I wanted to put new roses, I dug... I don't know, holes that were probably two foot wide by two foot wide and then probably two, two and a half foot, even three foot deep, um, lined them out with cardboard, which again is an old-fashioned way of doing it, and then put new topsoil in. Um, and they've done all right, haven't they? They're looking great. Really, really great. I yeah. mean, what are the varieties and what, what oh, sort of their colours? I mean, I can see pinks yeah, and whites. Yeah, they're sort of pinks and whites and sort of soft. So we inherited things like um, Sanders White, which actually, and again, too big for the space. Um if you were going to choose a rose to go on something like that, I wouldn't have necessarily chose that. So what I have to do every year is I literally cut out all the stuff that's now flowering or get cut out at the back end of the year, right down to the base. And all those new stems that you can see yep. will get tied in for next year's flower. Um, so that's the only way I can control it. Cause if I let it go, it, it would be all over the place, mate, you know? So um, I don't know what else is there. Generous gardener, um, that's another one that's in here. So, um, yeah, there's just a mix, really, of, of sort of um, David Austin, you know, old New English-type things and, and also a couple of old ramblers. So, yeah. Here we are at the end of June and they're looking absolutely stonking, aren't they? Yeah, it's quite, <laughs> really it's quite nice. And what's even nice is that I've put up another um, one of the little um, bee habitats yep. um, and um, we put one of those up last year and I did all this research right about um, about the mason bee and I was going to I wanted to do provide for the mason bee so I you know the size of the holes how you had to make it all this and then I put it up and within about two weeks the leaf cutter bee had moved in <laughs> um, you know, and and they're back um, so this year it's been used again. So it's been lovely for that sort of things. And you can see actually in the lower roses as the season say, goes on, you see these little cuts. Yeah, which, which again is, is quite lovely. So what I'm doing is I'm slowly ab- adding these habitats now all the way down the rose arches. So that's another little detail. And I think parts of the garden have got to that where I can go in now and and just sort of add detail, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. You know? Great. Well, it's looking it's looking fantastic to me. Um, should we go and have a look at the at the woodland? Yeah, let's go down there, mate. Let's go down there. But... So we're just going back through the gravel garden now. I see loads of lovely potted succulents. There's some amazing looking cannas in pots, which are looking fab. The, um, then you. I've not seen those before. The cannas, yeah, they were somewhere else in the garden. So they've been in pots for quite a while, but they were somewhere else. The, um, what's got you say about the succulents? I, um, it's been really lovely. I obviously hosted the programme 
a few weeks ago um, when Monty wasn't there and I made a, um, a succulent um, bucket for my beer bucket, my mobile beer yeah. bucket. Do you know what I mean? mind-blowing how many people have sent me pictures of their version <laughs> of the bucket um which is lovely you think <laughs> no, it's just a, a throwaway thing that you make people for a bit of you, fun I well i think it's it's just having a bit of fun with it isn't it and and this is really nice that people have have made their own their own version of something so now now you come down that gravel path yeah, there's a lot more grasses involved um but you get what's lovely about the rose arches mate is you get all these lovely little sort of views back through yeah um and for me some of the views back through as as you come down the sort of slope um because i suppose when we're watching on a telly people don't get the an understanding that there's level changes um, no i mean it is it's much higher near the house isn't it yeah. you know much much higher angelica's have been absolutely mullered by that rain that we had but um yeah and then we're down to woodland um which i, I rattle on a lot when i'm talking about trying to teach designer people about atmosphere but i think you leave that gravel garden and then you wander down and if we wander in i mean it's already it's feeling cooler it's yeah. calmer it you know it's a lot of green yeah it yeah it's, it feels a very very different space to where we've just been yeah and if we go over through here and then sit down where again where i think i've done little bits of filming from so people might remember me putting in some logs so if you sit on that one just watch mate because the squirrels use it a little bit as well so <laughs> you might just get your jeans a little bit dirty but um but it feels different doesn't it yeah it's lovely i mean also as well we could be anywhere no one would have a clue that no. we were here would they no I do come here, mate, occasionally <laughs> with a cup of tea. And just have a few minutes and just... But again, it, I think, for me, it was making the most of the area. So we've got these massive big rabinias, you know, the false acacia above our heads. And it was trying to use that dappled light and then bring it down into this area. So I've let some of these, these nut trees that were here um, get up a little bit. Um, and then I've added a couple more. And then tried to just create an under canopy that didn't rely on colour it worried more about texture and 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 a calmness and a coolness really and and i think that's for me why this has become probably quite special one of my most favorite places in the garden i think it's, it feels so so calm and relaxing i mean the other thing that you know we people listening won't be able to sort of realize is actually that the shade is really dense as well yeah. you know the, the the denseness of the shade really draws it in and i mean i know we get tons and tons of letters at the magazine about people struggling with shade whereas here it's working there's no there's no question about it i mean what's your advice for people that have got shady gardens like this i think um what i've done here is created an under canopy of ferns that deal with the conditions so again, you don't realise how many different greens there are. So there's a lot of ferns that will deal with drier, shadier conditions or ferns that will deal with, you know, more moist conditions. Um, a lot of these um, will deal with a slightly drier conditions. Um, then what I've done, I start to add little highlights and details um, that will pop up all the way through the season. So it's got a really good bulb coverage of, of snowdrops, aconites, um, then the bluebells come at the front where it gets a bit lighter. There's some tulip sylvestrous. And then you've got things like some of the geranium phaeums that then follow. Um, and then there's, then there's details of, of everything. There's, so there's a little woodland buttercup that I've got in here. Um, there's different epimediums. Um, Actea is another thing I've got. And again, where it gets a little bit lighter at the front there, things like um, astrantias, mate. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but so they 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 provide detail, but I'm not. But I try and cover the ground with canopy, and then and in each year, um, I'm making sure that I'm putting some goodness yep. into the ground, so that slowly the moisture content gets better and better because of what I'm putting on the soil every year. You know, and I think sometimes what we do is we we. We have an area that's really shady and we, we want one of these, one of these, one of these, one of these. And I suppose the advice would be just try and find something that will cover the ground and then then you can add details as time goes on. Yeah, well, it's working here for sure. I mean, the ferns look great and I love the way there's some, there's some box again under here that's just ever so 
ever so slightly clipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ever so. o- only yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. It is, and we and th- and this big one that you can see here, we inherited, and it was it was again, it was it was sort of knackered, really. Um, a lot of people would have ripped it out, and I sort of pruned it back in, cut the dead out of it. And I quite like the shapes that I was lifted with. Um, and then I've got a, a Japanese mate called Tats who's, who actually came to work with me when I had a landscape company. So, wow, there's pictures of Tats and I back gardening early 2000s. Um, and Tats come over. And then straight away, Tats is in here and he, he's looking and he's pushing these things apart. And he's going, no, oh, no, we could clip that. And if you see now, look, we're just starting to divide it slightly. Yeah, I can. Um, and then Tats comes over with me and has an afternoon um, once, twice a year. Um, and he's sort of slightly turning it, giving it a sort of a Japanese feel to it, which is, which is lovely, you know. And, and so every time I see that, it's a little nod to Tats in I a way. a friend. Yeah, it does. Nice. And, and, and what we've done is we've planted more just odd shapes all the way through. So, and then again, they were just two litre plants, put in groups, and now we're just slowly changing them into, into you know, things that, that hopefully create a rhythm through the area. But, um, yeah, it's, it's getting there in here. It's getting there. Okay, where next? Shall we go and have a look at the meadow? Yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, go on. You lead the way. Okay, back the way we came. You know this garden. I do, I well, do. Anyway. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's you giving me the tour, so I feel like... You should lead the way. You could but... just come by yourself, really, and just walk around and talk about it. <laughs> okay, so we've come out of the woodland now. We're back. Go to another seat. On a gravel path, and I've got another seat in my sights. Yes, yeah. is... so, well, that's the whole idea of this. It is you are meant to slow down and engage. People <laughs> say, why have you planted this path so heavily? But Mrs. Frost says, why are you planted the path so heavily? Well, it so is it's quite heavily planted. We're, we're climbing over our Camilla and geraniums, aren't we? Right, in we go. So I'm heading to a couple of benches. And again, this has gone through a series of changes. And I think what's happened, what's been nice, I don't know, it's gone back. I inherited it. Apple trees, what, slightly overgrown. Um, and it was, it was you know, rough grass and, and nothing else at the time. Um, so I cut them all. I worked out the shapes I wanted, cut the beds out, took the turf off. Um, and then I sh- saved all the, the rubble and the bits and pieces from different jobs. And then I started to sort of put those in the beds and then um, take the nutrient levels down, really, um, in the areas. And then um, I propagated some plugs, you know, so I, I got wildflower. But I, I chose like a wild, um, regional wildflower. So I'm really lucky here to have um, a place called Hills and Holes up, yeah. up the road. And it's an incredible place of yeah no I've, I've been with you, you actually yeah. no it is um so though obviously i can't go up there and take the seeds i got the list of plants and then slowly tracked down the seeds um and say propagated some put them in as plugs and then others are sowed seed um and then it, what's the fascinating bit is is how the yellow rattles done i i've always struggled a lot getting yellow rattle going from seed um so i got some plugs um, and I put some yellow rattle plugs at the far end there. Um, and then each year what I've done is I've collected that seed and I've spread fresh seed and it's worked really well. But you can see now I'm about halfway up. It's the flowers doing really, really well. But yeah. now you get into the half we're in and the grasses are still really strong. Yeah. So it's amazing how good that yellow rattle is at weakening those well, grasses you can see it it's like you're you know, quite right about the flowers i mean there's masses of daisies and i can see you know all sorts of lovely stuff um and you're quite right where we're sitting now it is it's quite predominantly green, long grass yeah. isn't it i mean yeah. what's what's the what's the sort of regime with this i mean i like a lot of people have left a little bit of grass long this yeah. year and i'm not quite sure when i should cut it so i i tend to wait until um i probably do it a little bit later than than a lot but i tend to wait until um the back end of the flowering stuff has finished and and starts to dry and go to seed then all i do is come in um i come in and and literally just trim it down then i'll leave it for a couple of weeks for the seed to settle um and then um you know rake it all up tidy it tidy it off and 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 it's fine It, it goes again i've been adding winter bulbs so there's quite a lot of um there's sort of load of native dafts in here which which have been quite good um i've i've gone away from 
native a little bit. I've added Kamasias, which is, um, I decided, mate, if they were good enough for the future King of England, they were good enough for me. <laughs> um, and and I, what I've done as well is put some old shrub roses in as well. So they're starting yeah, to get away yeah, now. And um, So, yeah, that's how this gets approached. Um, whereas the normal lawn well, now... I've- I was just going to, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, we can yeah. see the can normal see lawn it? from here. And when I first came here, this was essentially, you know, being kept as a football pitch yeah. to some extent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, obviously, as much, they can still play football on it, um, but it gets cut once every four weeks. Um, and actually, the compromise has been because it drove. Um, Mrs. Frost like, didn't like that very much at all, mate. She didn't like that idea. What, you mean, so we're not cutting the grass? Well, well you know, it will look scruffy. So I cut a pathway around the edge, which works quite well because it defines the borders, um, and then that central space gets cut every four weeks. Um, and what's the benefit of doing that? Because oh, it's very right. different to, you know, meadow that we're in what, now, isn't it? So what's happened um, that's been amazing, there, there's quite a lot of yarrow, in that lawn. I've never been a, um, necessarily a lawn connoisseur, apart from I, I play a bit of golf with the boys and I, I do like a, you know, a decent pine green, <laughs> but, um, the yarrow and I, the yarrow's formed a little bit more. So what I do is as this meadow goes over, I let the yarrow, um, I cut like a D shape, if you imagine. Um, so the back end of the lawn, I leave like a big D. Um, and last year it, it was literally, 80% yarrow. And so I ended up like with this, this sort of white meadow. Um, but the diversity of, of wildlife that comes in and uses it when you don't cut as regularly is, is incredible. It really is. You can go there, as, you know, either as a tea time, you know, on a warm day, walk to the middle. And if you just sit on that grass and just sit there for a few minutes... It doesn't take long before you realise that you are absolutely surrounded by, you know, by insects, you know, and and you realise why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, because for me, I think that, that I don't know, even more so um, in the last, I don't know, five, ten years is, is gardening very much with, with wildlife in mind rather than you know, just about human beings. It's about the habitats that we provide. And I think that's only going to become more and more important, isn't it? Completely. Absolutely. I mean, it's um, it's the narrative at the moment, isn't it? And it's, I think a, it's so. an important one. It really I think is. so. You, you go back, I and mean, most people know I was lucky enough to work for Jeff Hamilton, you know, and you go back, what, 30 plus years, mate, and he was talking about peat free, organic gardening. Um, you know, stop ripping up limestone pavements and destroying our countryside, and and probably in a lot of ways he set that that moral tone for me as to, and I think this whole thing is an experiment as to what will we plant in twenty years' time, i.e., looking at things like biosecurity, you know, the trees and the wooded stock in our in our country that are that are either vulnerable or already suffering from problems. So there's a there's a constant experiment with what I'm planting that way, but then also how will we manage a garden? You know, and you and I have had this conversation loads and sort of, <laughs> We have. You know, and I, I, I think, you know, we need to be a little bit scruffier around the edges and we need to back off a bit and and let the wildlife in, which is not, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I don't know. That's the way that I feel that, you know, we're going to go. Well, even a little bit helps, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, even a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's move on. We can just about see the sort of the big herbaceous border that you've got here uh you know across the meadow over the lawn i can i can see it against the wall um i mean this is <laughs> this is a big border there's no there's yeah. no doubt about it yeah. um should we go and have a look because yeah, i know on. this was one of again one of the first things that you sort of tackled when you got here wasn't it yeah go walk down through me and then okay. go down through the meadow um yeah i mean and i suppose the whole thing about size you know i mean in a lot of ways you know i was i was a gardener that looked after other people's gardens, I suppose, for most of my life. And I suppose for this, so for this, for me, you can get out either way, mate. Um, this for me was just always a dream, really, um, to have something that I could... Oh, hold on, we're getting caught up, mate. <laughs> Walking through a meadow, meadow with a microphone and some leads is yeah. an interesting experience. Yeah. But can you see the, you can see the yarrow coming, look, now. Certainly can. You know, so this will get topped. This will get topped probably next week, week after. And then, and then actually that will be end of... 
That'll be then end of June. So then, then it'll probably I'll probably leave back back half then to come again and flower. And you can more or less see now. Can you see where I mean by D? It's about half there, and the whole of that area. It's just going to be white, white, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you can see it's on the way. Yeah. And actually, we're walking around the edge of the lawn now, the bit that's mowed, which you know still brings a bit of sense of order yeah and definition doesn't it yeah. like, which i assume, and a happy wife son i was going to say that which i assume is the bit that keeps mrs frost happy yeah exactly which we know you know right after you so, so. yeah so herbaceous board i mean again you know in a lot of ways it's sized and this whole thing's put together um there's a certain sort of rhythm in it so i.e first of all it has got shrubs so i don't know so something like the cotinus there picks up there then repeats and then it repeats back down there so that's yeah, probably the first thing that goes in and um, then you also you've got the the silver so here i've got the, like the the big old cardoons but i've put some that i've put in that then create their own rhythm but also i've let some just seed yeah so there's one on by the gateway there's one down the edge of the path there um and then the whole array of herbaceous i mean you're looking at things like um, Baptisia's in the air and we've got um, Nepeta's in here there's there's um, what else are we looking at mate what else are we looking at there's different Valeriums in here there's Eryngiums in here there's Achilles in and the, here the colours Agastache's I mean, in here it's it's you know predominantly at the moment you know burgundy dark sort of plums silvers um, but you know when I've been here I've certainly seen different colours I've seen I've seen yellows for sure yeah. I mean how, do, how does the colour change? It evolves change? as the season goes on really so it, it goes through a, a, a series of changes but actually to be fair what drives it for me is not the colour the colour because the colour comes and goes for me it's the interest that I get from the different foliage types so you know if you look at you know here you've got at Agastache and you've got the Champsia grass and then you've got the Baptisia there and then you've got the Achillea so when I'm putting borders together all right their colour's important but I also think it's a little bit unreliable yeah so I'm always looking for contrasts between different sort of foliage types shapes forms um, so there's lots of layers of interest. And then what I'm trying to do on this side of the path, I've been trying to create a bit of a like an ornamental meadow. And so I think this one up here is quite comfortable. So I'm quite happy with this one. The, the one down there um, is a little bit heavy still on grasses. So yep. this is sort of getting in there. So what I've done is I put this sort of, I don't know what's there, there's sort of the champs here goes through to start with. And then I've planted things like, little euphorbias there's some verbascums there um some irises um poppies still pop up in here as well um you've got some alliums um what else have we got potent tillers so there's there's a really sort of good mix of herbaceous plants in with the grasses and i i quite i quite like that as a look yeah i mean it feels there's a lovely rhythm to it and it feels kind of just natural as well you know it yeah. doesn't feel too forced in any way whatsoever and it's a nice link to the longer grass yeah. you know it's a way of creating a sort of a, more of an ornamental meadow and I, I don't know it's just got a nice feel to it I like the sort of the movement and the light and the airiness of it and but again you know you turn around and you look down the end there that looks like a bit of an overgrown mess at the moment but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty but, nice overgrown yeah, mess but that's, but that's I get the what you point is that actually it is just I think sometimes what worries me when I talk about about gardens, and we're all guilty because you and I both um, show people lots of pictures of beautiful gardens, but it's that realisation that that every time you put a picture in a magazine, every time there's a picture on the telly, um, all those really are, are a moment in time. And I think one of the problems is people have this prefixed idea as that's what I'm after. And the problem is, yeah, it'll come and it'll go, but it is only a moment in time and and for me gardening is all about chasing the moments not about the destination point because as much as that looks like that this year it probably won't look like it next year and the year after i might change my mind anyway so yeah so it's that idea of journey rather than yeah idea of chasing perfection and yeah the ultimate gardener because i just don't think it's i don't think it's there no, and I think for me as well. I mean, I've, I've, uh, you know, had a couple of moments in my own garden this, this sort of spring and into summer. I thought, oh, this looks great. This is, yeah. I think, I think we might have reached the good bit, and you don't want those good bits to end, do you? No. 
<laughs> you you know it's fleeting, really. Yeah, you don't. You know. And and I think I think it, for me it's about celebrating every single win. I've this is like I've been reading quite a lot about a Japanese thing called wabi sabi, which is all about a, a way of life and an understanding um, the journey of everything. Um, and it's quite fascinating how they celebrate that so much of the detail of stuff, yep. rather than necessarily, you know. Uh, a period of time it's like you know how much they make of their it, reading about like their cherry blossom how they celebrate their cherry blossom why don't we celebrate um, our hawthorn more you know it, it and and there's no worrying about the mess that it's going to leave behind afterwards it's all about that bang celebrate that moment and for me I think that's what we should do in our gardens just celebrate the moments okay yeah Sounds good to me. It was a moment. <laughs> it was a bit of a moment, wasn't it? Was, it? Wasn't it? I've not had any wine either. It's, it's early in the day. <laughs> okay, uh, right. We're going through a really lovely arch now. We're leaving the herbaceous border behind. We're walking past some beautiful containers. Really, really lovely. And into... The new bit. The newest bit. Now, I was here a few months ago and... Um, we're just, just to tell you where we are, we're walk, walking into the ornamental kitchen garden. Um, and this was feeling really, really new, uh, Adam, when I last came here. Tell, tell us about it. What, yeah. what are we looking at now? So, again, this was born out of, I don't know, partly born out of me doing an idea along these lines at Chelsea. Oh, wow, 2013 um, at the flower show. But that actually... Um, Jeff Hamilton did a, another take on this, I don't know, back, you know, 25 years ago. But the idea of it, it was an ornamental kitchen garden. So we did a little experiment last year. There's two borders outside of my office and I interplanted them with the ornamentals, with the edibles. Um, and two things stood out. Um, point one was um, pests um, problems were reduced massively. Um, and two... I used a lot less water on those two borders than I did in comparison with the normal veg garden. Okay, so I mean, just to just to sort of explain what we're looking at here, we've, we've got a combination of flowers and edible stuff, yeah. essentially, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but when you look at it, first of all, design-wise, it's a, it's a new. It really, if you imagine setting out a normal veg garden, a series of, of little raised beds, i.e., you know, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You've got 12 square or rectangle beds, basically. But when you look at it, you can't really see the beds. But what's nice for me is I can still get down yeah. and you can see even in here, mate, there's tiny little pathways. So what I'm calling little picking paths. So you can still get in, you can maintain, you can harvest. And then the planting, um, straight away, there's there's a couple of apple trees that set that first level. Then you go down and you've got everything from raspberries to, to black currants to red currants, um, gooseberries, few little other oddities that I've got my hands on. Um, and then all the sort of, then it's like got a little herb mix that goes all the way through. And then I started playing with perennial veg. So look at this, boy. you like this. Look at that. So what's that, mate? I have no idea. And I like the look of it very much. Yeah. I also like the way it's protected. Expl it's <laughs> Explain what's going it's on there. It's a perennial kale. Is it? Yeah. So, so that's why it's under netting. And, yeah, okay. yeah, because of my, you know, friendly pigeons. Um, but it, when you, there's a load of perennial veggies that we seem to have disengaged with. Um, so I've, I've started to put a lot of that. So this here, look at this. This is a chicory. That's a chicory. Oh, you can use stems, that. though, really, yeah, really exactly. dark, so, dark stems. So whereas we grow, you know, the annual, what we look upon as the Italian chicory, this is a perennial. This is, um, this is sea beet. You know, you can use that as a, as, a, um, as a spinach leaf. So I've put all that through. Then I've started to add my annual veggies on top of that. And then after that, there's some flowering, um, edible flowers. And then there's ornamentals. So most of it can be cut if needed. Um, for the kitchen. So I've got Achilles in here, there's dahlias in here, there's sweet peas in here and um, Astrantias in here looking around. I mean, it's just coming into its own, isn't it's it? It's starting to get there. It, it is. And I think, you know, this is brilliant for anyone that wants to grow a bit of everything. They want everything, you know, they want some flowers, they yeah. want some veg, but they've only got a little space. Well, this is probably the 
you know, a brilliant example of how to do it, isn't it? I think if I'm, when um, I leave here at some point, which which we will, when the, the kids go and we, we go somewhere smaller, but I have, you know, still a decent sized garden, I'm not going to have a veg garden by itself again. I'm going to have um, an ornamental veg garden. You know, I'm going to have an area that I can walk into and just, and it feel like this. So I still want to grow my veggies, but I want to do it in an area that's, that's interplanted. Um, I just, I don't know. For me, it's just, it's a lovely way of doing it. But people could do it in a border. You don't even need, you know, there's, it, it is mad in a lot of ways that we grow ornamental rhubarb, we grow edible rhubarb, we grow ornamental currants, we grow edible currants. Why not just plant more edibles? Yeah. You know? Um, they still look beautiful, and and you get so much more out for the kitchen. So yeah, this is um, this has been this has been the fun bit, mate. This year, no, it's great. It's really great, and it's you know it's it's fascinating for me as a you know a part time visitor coming yeah. you know a couple of times a year to see something new and see how it's progressed. So it's it's great. Nice, no, fantastic. So mm. I reckon. We're probably there, aren't we? We've done yeah. the whistle stop tour. Yeah, um, the only bit that we haven't done, which you've sort of been to for, is just the front of the house, which is a little east facing area, um, which again was one of the first areas. But that's got quite a lot of um, edible flowers in it, um, and there's a lovely little place up there just to stop and have a um, have a actually come and have a look. Let's go and have go a quick look. Let's, let's do go. It. Come on, let's go and have a quick look. Um, so, yeah, they've got sort of the clipped yews that go right through the front of it, and then um, and then the rest of the stuff. Well, ninety percent of the stuff in there is is edible ultimately. So, um, yeah. Um, but again, you know, it's got things like sweet Sicilies in there, um, Telbagia, um, you know, so society garlic, which is lovely sort of flower on it, edible flower and, and foliage. It's different. Um, has a lovely little sort of silver sorrel. Oh, there, beautiful, isn't it? Which is great. Yeah, there's lovage in here. Um, also, um, usable rose hips. Um, but when you're coming in now, because you'd have walked in here, you haven't been in for ages, have you, in a lot of ways. And now you can have a moment. <laughs> Do you know Look. what? I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you brought go. me up here. I was going to finish, but actually... Look, so What more. a treat. I know. Eh? So I come out here at a cup of tea at 6.30 in the morning. Well, probably earlier than that. It's only, only my oldest daughter... And myself get up so she might come out and join me and just have a moment mate and, and here look. we've got here we've got the the famous and that's, that's <laughs> the famous semper vivum bucket yeah well, so this is this is where it was born from so this was that's how that idea was born i made this which is in a big sort of old bath like your nan used to bath you in um and then i realized i most you know we wouldn't necessarily have the space so that's why i got the old idea with a galvanized bucket and the fact that you could make, you know, a portable one. But but you end up sat here looking. And Which is exactly what I'm doing now. I'm just staring yeah. at a load of lovely succulents. Great. And, and when you look at them, you realise how magical they are. And good timing, really, to look at him. Then the cat comes and We've been joined you. by a cat who's obviously wanting to be very much part yeah. of this moment. He is. You do wish he could talk, though, don't you? I'd love to know <laughs> what he was thinking going to have a drink out the pond yeah. i reckon he is okay cool just we as were... we say that mate someone comes up with a drive i know i was going to say we've we've been really lucky with with noise haven't we, we haven't had yeah. traffic or planes or anything other than uh other than this one car um do you know what let's let's leave it there um i feel incredibly lucky every time i come and visit here mm. and um i hope that we've been able to give a sense of what this place is like um Thank you, Adam. That's the kind of you. No, thank you, mate. And um, as ever, it's lovely to see you, old boy. Lovely <laughs> to see you. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. So, if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>